what it really comes down to is the gating of that sales process. And for for example, um, when a new lead enters in the pipeline, so I, I, like the best in the business at this, as far as I'm concerned, is Salesforce.com. Like they are they are amazing at it. Um, they they just they just know like you know obviously they're always looking to improve, but they've got a great sales process. Um, and you know you don't get CRM as your stock code on the stock exchange if you're terrible. <laughs> so so <laughs> they're pretty good. But um, what, what I think it, it comes down to this gating when a new lead pops in. So what I mean by that is, for example, um, an organisation needs to decide well how many touch points over what period of time are we going to allow our sales team members um, the opportunity to, to either qualify in or out a, a sales opportunity. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. My feature guest this week is John Bellamy from Direct Messaging. He is a direct response marketing specialist and uh, specialises in helping people use LinkedIn to have more sales conversations because he is of the firm belief that more conversations equals more cash. Now, if you're anything like me, I have felt over the years a little bit sticky about doing sales and particularly a little bit sticky about using LinkedIn to reach out to people because they know that I'm going to try and sell them something. And I've always felt a bit awkward about it. Well, John breaks it down in this episode. It was meant to be about a 30-minute episode of the podcast. It kind of blew out to almost an hour of a masterclass. There is so much gold in this episode about selling, getting over yourself, letting go of your own ego, getting out of your own way in order to serve people and help them. If you've actually got a product or a service that you think helps people, then you owe it to them to put it in front of them. And if you're not really sure how to use LinkedIn, uh, at the end of this episode, towards the end of this episode, the, the sort of the second half of it really is a masterclass on what you can be doing with your LinkedIn profile and some LinkedIn strategies to generate leads for your sales pipeline. And if you don't have a sales pipeline, we talk about that as well. There is literally tons of gold in this episode, so feel free to get your pen and paper out and make some notes and come back and revisit it a couple of times because you won't get everything the first time around. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe at iTunes, wpelevation.com slash iTunes, and uh, follow us on Facebook, wpelevation.com slash Facebook, and you can go to wpelevation.com slash YouTube to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We live stream these podcasts onto our Facebook page so you can watch them as they happen. As we record them, we live stream them. We have the technology and we almost know how it works these days, which is very exciting. And of course, we put the videos up on YouTube afterwards. And uh, if you're listening to this on a podcatcher, then we publish the audio only version of this podcast on our regular podcast schedule. So thanks for being a loyal listener. We really appreciate it. And uh, feel free to give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like covered or who you'd like to see or hear on the podcast next. But without further ado, let's go and meet John Bellamy. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favour to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dean here again and we're back with another episode of the WP Elevation podcast live here on Facebook, two in one day. Now you're in for a very, very special treat. Uh, so as you well know, we have been live streaming these podcast recordings to our Facebook page uh, so you can tune in and, and play along as we do them. And of course, the audio only version of this will be produced as a podcast on our normal podcast feed that you can find at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. And while you're there, give us a rating and a review because it helps us come up in the search results. Hey, my guest this week, or on this particular episode, is a gentleman all the way from the Gold Coast. His name is John Bellamy, and he's here with me right on Skype right now. How are you, John? I'm great. Hey, Troy. How are everyone? How are we all? Excellent. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Um, now, I was just doing a little bit of stalking uh, on, on the internet, as you do, before we got on this call, 
And I made an assumption that you were in the States because, frankly, most guests that turn up in our podcast are in the States. Turns out you're in the Gold Coast, which is on the same continent in which I live. How have we not crossed paths before? It astounds me. I don't know. I, don't, I, have, I have no idea. I, th- I think we may have, like, maybe way back in the event space when Universal um, events were around or something like it might have might have caught up yeah, 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 there, yeah. maybe. Yeah, because I'm I'm sure we must move in the same circles and know the same people and probably come in of one conference as you've gone out of the other one and wave to each other across the car park. I love it. I love it. Oh, I was listening to your jingles today too. Oh, they're, fantastic. They're, I love it on the site. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tons of gold there. Uh, so for those that don't know, who is John Bellamy and what do you do? Uh, yeah, cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a guy who lives on the Gold Coast. I've, I've got my board shorts on now, um, so we've got that there. Uh, essentially, in a nutshell, I've been playing around with this thing called LinkedIn for over a decade now, and, uh, yeah, I, I just work with people and really um, help them monetize it ultimately, so put their sales funnel and get their, their presence and everything right on there so they can go more conversations, more sales. Awesome. Um, I want to dive into that and talk about that in some more detail. But before we get there, what, what's your background? How did you end up in the kind of digital marketing uh, sales space? Yeah, cool. Um, so if I take you way back to uh, December 15, 1999, I uh, started my corporate career um, with a company called Cellmat. Um, so for those who may or may not have heard of them, that they were and still are to a degree um, one of the largest communications companies uh, here in Australia and, and in, in, through Asia. Um, and I was in their uh, their junk mail, if you like, the the unaddressed um, division. But back in back in that day, like the, they're still the number one provider in junk mail. But back in that day as well, about two thirds of business mail through Australia Post actually um, touched the hands of Cellmat. So. Uh, I was working there and then I moved into the advertising department. So I was just, I was connecting with small businesses and, and corporates as well um, and really just working with them on those those campaigns using unaddressed. So looking at demographic targeting, psychographics and, and bringing that all together to get their marketing message. And uh, yeah, so I went from there into recruitment. Um, and and throughout those those couple of corporate careers, I was working recruitment with Drake. Um, I always knew that I wanted to go and work for myself. I always knew that the corporate world and you know doing the whole nine to five thing just was never going to be a fit. I wanted to work on a laptop, mobile phone. I'm done. Um, so what happened? Probably like everybody else on there, all of a sudden when LinkedIn came about you just started getting these random emails from people saying, hey, would you like to connect with me? And um, it was back at, back in the Selmat days it started happening and, and I was sort of sitting there like most, you know, sales guys in a corporate entity where you literally had Rolodexes of all of these business cards from people and we had like thousands of them. And, you know, I think it was probably, I don't know the exact number, it would have been probably after the 30th or 40th or maybe even 100th time someone had said, hey, do you want to join, you want to connect with me on LinkedIn? I went, well, there must be something here. Uh, you know? mm. So I just, I literally just started digitizing those business cards. And uh, then I was like, hold on a second, this thing's pretty cool. And I started leveraging that in my corporate careers to stay connected with people that I met um, when they changed careers, when I changed careers, and then ultimately to develop those sales conversations. And then, uh, you know, it was just just natural progression that I sort of got um, known in that space that it was that that I knew what I was doing. And uh, when I decided to, um, you know, launch in, and start teaching people, that was directly off the back of you know people just reaching out saying, "Hey, John." Can, can we have a coffee and can you actually show me what you're doing with that? And then I went, hold on, mm. uh, maybe I can make some money out of this. Yeah. Uh, and lo and behold, you know, we're 10, 10 years on in the LinkedIn space. Um, yeah, we're, wow. we're here. And it's uh, been fun. So, a lot of- so what I love about this is that you've used, the, you've used technology to leverage and increase the impact that you can have based on conversations that you were already having and yep. basically, you know, got to a point where, well, I can't help that many people because there's only one of me. But hang on, if I do this online and if I use technology, then I can impact more people and therefore make more revenue in the process. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and it's like, as you know, over, over you know, the, the 10 years that I've been, um, I think it was August 20th or something in 2008, I kicked off on LinkedIn. But like the, the platform itself has changed mm. dramatically, but the whole online and digital space is mm. like, who would have thought five, six years ago that would be doing this and, yeah, and yeah. live? Yeah, like. yeah, that's crazy. 
Um, so before we before we talk about LinkedIn strategy, because I'm going to completely suck your brain dry if I can, because <laughs> I'm terrible at LinkedIn. It's one. It's like a, for me, it's a black box. I don't really understand it. I don't know how to use it, and I'm not very good at it. Uh, so I do want some tips there. But before we get there, how do you work? How do people? Because because even the way that we hire people and the way that we engage consultants these days has completely changed. So how? What's your business model? How do you work? Uh, so so we run a dispersed team. Um, so I'm, I'm literally, my whole thing's been laptop dependence mm-hmm. is, is what I've, like, that's the way that we started out. Um, so when I work with clients, there's really two types of ways that we do it. We've got online programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you do it yourself model mm-hmm. and then before they go live. So we go, here's what to do, mm-hmm. go do it. Um, and before you go live, we'll have a review call with you just to, to kick it off. Um, and usually that's like uh, Zoom it's pretty much what I use all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our private clients, um, we either meet with them face-to-face depending on what package level that they're at mm-hmm. um, once a month or more often than not, we just we just do Zoom calls. Yeah. Um, so it's top 10 independence. And uh, from a team structure, um, there's myself and then we've got a, a team in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone works from home over there. It's, 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 it's very similar to like here, you know, that we're, they've gone through that transition of I don't want to have to travel to and from the yeah. office. Yeah, oh, 100%. And it's like two and a half hours each way if you're in Manila to get to the office. Yeah, we've got an office in uh, Kazan City. Uh, most of our team live up that way, but they might be in the office three days a week. The other, t- the other time they might be working from home because, you know, in fact, one of our guys sleeps in the office sometimes because it's going to take him so long to get home and come back the next day. So he just brings a change of clothes. Uh, so, yeah, totally, totally here. And I think that flexibility in fact, our latest member, Charmaine, who's on the team, the reason that she joined our team is because she didn't want to commute down to um, uh, Fort Bonifacio, which was like a three-hour commute for her to go to to go to work each way. So she's like, I don't want to do that. So a friend of hers worked with us uh, at Kazan City and she recommended us and now she's working with us. So that flexibility is definitely important um, to us as well. Um so, uh, so online sort of online coaching, consulting, and and uh, and online courses. Yeah, that's what we do, and primarily what what we look at is obviously we, we're going to be talking about the LinkedIn side of things. But really, like if I if I talk about our private clients, that I mean they're usually doing you know that that three to sort of fifteen mil space is is the done for you private client. Where where we're really um, working with them on is. Most of them are using like a, an old school traditional sales process. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing in, um, you know, like LinkedIn marketing strategies, Infusionsoft. We use, you know, we're, we're certified partners with Infusionsoft mm-hmm. and bringing those two things in. But then having actually a look at the way that they structure their sales, like their sales team mm-hmm. um, and, and really using like sales process engineering um, principles in that to, to, to get specialised roles. Um, in there, so they can just get it, you know, essentially a better throughput and better outcome yep. uh, from their initiatives. So that's 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 primarily the the focal point. Cool. So let's have a talk about LinkedIn and let's have a talk about sales because the elephant in the room is that whenever you and and I was just talking to someone on a podcast we shot a couple of hours ago, and I know because people have told me in the green room at many conferences over the years that they think I'm a good salesperson. Oh, it's all right for you because you're a good salesperson. I don't feel like I'm a good salesperson at all. In fact, I don't really like sales because like most people, you know, it can feel a bit icky and it can feel a bit desperate and it's a bit like speed dating, right? Now, I've learned in recent times that it doesn't have to be that way, that if you've got structure and a process and you've got a sales system, it can be a beautiful thing where you're just offering to help people and they end up choosing how much help they want and engaging engaging you rather than you selling to them. But the elephant in the room for most people is not only from a sales point of view, but particularly from an online sales point of view is when you get, in fact, just before we went live on the podcast, I had two incoming calls on Skype, obviously from a call center in the Philippines, wanting to verify email addresses so they could yep. send us some email, you know, brochure stuff on their conference. And I had to cut them off short because I was about to jump on this podcast with you. So the elephant in the room is, okay, you've reached out to me on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, or whatever. You're trying to build a relationship with me because I know at some point you're going to try and flog me something, right? As salespeople or people who are prospecting for new business, how do we overcome that? And so that, you know, we're not seen as the serial killer hanging around the bar trying to pick up a stranger, right? <laughs> I, I think it's a, it's a great question, and I, and I think that well, I actually the, in our in our Infusionsoft group, I'll, I'll give you some context. In our Infusionsoft group, there was this whole thing about LinkedIn the other day, and oh, is it the new spamming platform? Mm-hmm. And and I actually find it really hilarious. Um, and I feel 
it's all our fault as marketers. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, the, 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 you know, the industry and, the, and the, the, the whole situation that we've got at the moment. And what, what, I, what I actually find really hilarious but at the same time really concerning, and it's a direct re- reflection on why businesses fail, mm-hmm. um, is that people are petrified to actually reach out and have a conversation about helping somebody. And that's what literally sales is, have you got this problem or challenge? Well, I have a solution. If you like what I have to say and you like who I am, maybe you might want to buy it. That's it. If you don't want to buy it, don't buy mm. it. Um, but if you do, great. Let's do some stuff together. Let's do some amazing things. So I think the question that everyone keeps asking is, oh, well, how do we get around this sales thing and everything like that? And it's, and I personally believe that it shouldn't be something that we're trying to get around. It should be something that we should just be embracing fully and go, you know what? I'm in business. We actually need to be transacting. Now, if I can help you, like I said before, if I can help you and we're a good fit for one another, mm. great, let's do some business. Mm. But if we don't, like, let's not do it. I mean, I look at my webinars or if I'm speaking at conferences or on stage or anything like that, and if we're able to sell, like in my webinars, the first probably two minutes, I, I literally bring out, hey, guys, you're probably wondering if I've, got, if I've got something that you can buy, and I absolutely do, and it's this price. Um, but whether you buy it or not, I really don't care. Mm. You know, yes, more zeros go in my bank accounts, that, that's awesome, but Let's let's actually like give you some value, and if it's a fit, great, buy it. And if it's not a fit, don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I, but I, I think the further from that, I think the challenge that actually comes through is because, and we see this all the time, particularly in the bigger companies, is that in the sales process, they're not qualifying out quickly enough, mm. and that's this thing. Um, and and like uh, like literally, it's and depend, every business is different, but. What is the likelihood of this prospect actually purchasing within the next 90 days? This is really interesting. We're actually going through a bit of a thing at the moment where we've, for the first time ever, we've built a sales pipeline in our business. And we, it's very easy to fill the pipeline with leads that you can, and you can convince yourself that they're a highly qualified lead. Uh, three or four weeks later, you realize that those leads are not progressing through the pipeline. Some of them are not progressing through the pipeline. And I'm now I'm now looking at our all I'm looking at our entire sales architecture now, and I'm asking myself, okay, sure, it's we're only a few months into it, so it's probably too early to tell. But I'm already starting to ask the questions: Are we filling the pipeline for vanity metrics, or yep. are we filling this with actual qualified leads? Would we be better off making them jump through more hoops before they get into the pipeline to begin with? Because then, once they're in the pipeline, they're more likely to travel through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 the, the exact same conversation we have with people day in and day out. And I think what it really comes down to is the gating of that sales process. And for for example, um, when a new lead enters in the pipeline. So I, like the best in the business at this as far as I'm concerned is salesforce.com. Like they are they are amazing at it. Um, they they just they just know like, you know, obviously they're always looking to improve, but they've got a great sales process. Um, and you know you don't get CRM as your stock code on the stock exchange if you're terrible. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So they're pretty good. But um, what, what I think it, it comes down to this gating when a new lead pops in. So what I mean by that is, for example, um, an organisation needs to decide well how many touch points over what period of time mm. are we going to allow our sales team members. Um, the opportunity to, to either qualify in or out a, a sales opportunity. So, um, like, one of the clients we're working with at the moment, this is something we're, we're implementing with them, and we're like, okay, so uh, that sales rep, uh, we're giving them 700 touch points across 100 leads in a one-month period. And those seven, so how they use those seven touch points, I mean, if you work it out, it's seven touch points per person, mm-hmm. um, but they might decide that, um, you know, out of those 100 leads, 30 of them are never even going to entertain a phone call. So let's not use all seven touch points on those, but, you know, bank up some of these other ones. Mm. But the whole objective within that that 30-day period is those 100 leads, how many of them are you going to quali- like qualify as we have an opportunity or qualify out? Mm. And, and, and then the other metric behind that as well is they go, well, what is, the, what is that threshold? Because we know we've got that little bell curve is it when we get to about eight or nine potential like qualified opportunities, um, you know, is that sort of the sweet spot? So what's the other characteristic? Do we go, okay, out of 100, if we get eight to nine, 
that's great. We close down that, that 100. We're not going to keep trying to farm it. Let's just close off that list and bring another 100 through and then just working on those opportunities. Wow. So it's really getting that science um, behind it. It's like time. This is fascinating and uh, my brain is just going as we speak. Um, I'm thinking about what we can do with our pipeline already. So if you're listening to this on the podcast or watching this on Facebook, this is worth the weight of admission alone and that's not bad for a free podcast. And that's a joke that loses nothing with age, by the way. I keep using it. Um, the What I'm thinking here is two things. Moving someone through a pipeline or having kind of a, a, a feel about how, whether or not they're going to close is a, is a gut feel to a certain extent. Now, yeah, there are things you can do to qualify them in or out, but how do you do that at scale? How do you – because I've done, I've made this mistake where I've almost qualified someone out and two weeks later they've bought our highest ticket product and I'm like, well, holy shit. I mean, you did you, you almost didn't make it. That's perfectly okay though. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's fine. Like the amount of people, and I'm sure you guys get it as well, that didn't buy mm. but then two years down the track all yeah. of a sudden you get an email or something and they go, oh, now's the, t- the time's yeah. perfect. You know, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think it's – it's, it's putting in a set of rules that's just going to be more efficient because the challenge is particularly if you've got a sales team, you'll always get, oh, yeah, but I know this one will close, like this deal, oh, yeah, he's going to be great or she's going to be amazing. And then six, 12 months down the track, they've invested so much time and, you know, it's it's never been there. So I believe in um, templated personalisation. Mm-hmm. Um, we systemise it as, as much as possible, focus on a gated. And, and we're looking at, like everyone you know, particularly consultants, they always go, oh, we close 70 to 80% of deals. Mm. I'm like, yeah, what, referrals? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 that's right. But other than that, you, no, if, you, if you're hitting between 10 and 20%, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, focus on that. Yeah, um, that's good to know. And, yeah, and it means you're not speaking to enough people. But so so when it comes to that gut feel scenario and, and to qualify in and qualify out, I think when you're going to the appointment stage, you want to ask some questions. Now, you don't want to over-ask questions, but to to decide, am I going to have a phone conversation with this person or not? Um, For example, when when we run our webinars, um, we ask the same three questions right at the beginning of the webinar and we poll everybody. And for us, it's... um, it's essentially what's your average monthly turnover? Is it more or less than 50K? Um, because we know instantly if it's less than 50 grand, they're going to go here. If it's over, we can do some further investigation, but they're over here. Mm-hmm. Um, the second question is sales team. Is it yourself, two to five or five or more? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third question is um, annual transaction value, like client, like annualized client value, mm-hmm. less or more than 15K. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on how they answer on that, that will determine how we're going to follow up. Do we want to actually do a phone call mm. and all those things? And rightfully or wrong, wrong. I mean, you're you've got your t- your own time. Your mm. sales members, you want them to be as high highly productive as possible mm. um, around that. So you've got to you've got to get those metrics. And then um, so that's that's sort of like stage one that that we would look at. And then when we're on the phone, like one of the um, the great questions that we ask is, you know, like. You know, a is this something that you know you want to be actually solving within the next ninety days? Yeah, no. Yeah. And if it's a no, well, we're going to end the call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, how much are you willing to invest to solve it in the next ninety days? Yeah, they're great um, questions. Yeah, and and it's like, and do you know, do you have that cash ready to go at it? Yeah, they're great questions. Well, that's why are we doing it? A couple of things. Um, are there too many people you can have in a pipeline at once? Like you, you're talking about gating. Yeah. Like, do you, do you have like a cohort of fifty or a hundred leads in a pipeline, and you just work those leads until you decide, okay, these these you know seventy percent are, are gone, they're, they're not right, filter them out, and then put new leads in, or are you just perpetually putting new leads into a pipeline? Where well, it's depending. Like every business is different, mm-hmm. so it depends on and what the structure, how many team. Like, do you have a person who's specifically focused on qualifying in, qualifying out, mm-hmm. and then? business development so there's a really cool book and i like this would be a really good resource for everyone um it's by a guy called justin rolf marsh mm-hmm. um he runs a company called ballistics he's probably like one of the figureheads in what we call sales process sales process engineering um it's a yeah it's solid guy solid guy he's from brisbane originally lives in the states mm-hmm. um so i'd go check that out but what what he talks about and the principles and this is what i, I love it and 100 follow it with with the clients that we work with is he goes, you want to have somebody that's literally qualifying, um, that's, that's their whole job is to qualify and qualify out, mm-hmm. and your, your salespeople or your business development managers 
the only activity they should be doing is doing closing calls. Yep. Sales, that's it. Yep. No admin, no, you know, follow-ups and all of that. It's literally we're, we're, we're doing a demo or whatever that, that is for your business um, and here is the deal. And then literally, you know, another member of the team will put the proposal together um, if, if, you know, if that's, that's the thing for them. So as far as numbers in the pipeline, um, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it matters about the actual number of people in the pipeline. I think it's more about the time that they're in each stage. Uh, so, coming back to the qualify in, qualify out. Do we have an opportunity? I think thirty days is you know ample ample amount of time mm-hmm. to identify. Is is the do these people have a need right now or a problem or challenge that we can actually help solve right now? And they're open to us speaking to them about it. Yeah. You know, we, we know that it's about 3 to 8% of the market in any stage is like actively, I know what my problem and challenge is. We've got money to invest in it. Um, we're shortlisting companies, including you, to, you know, to help us solve it. So mm. it's 3 to 8% that are ready to go now. There's about another 25% that are, that are in a similar vein that they know they've got a problem but they just don't know who the solution provider is going to be. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're really the people that we're looking for. You know, then you, you, your remaining sort of 60-odd percent um, off the back end there, one, one of them's going to just be trying to shop around a price. You never want to deal with them. And then the final ones just are never going to buy. Yeah, they're, they're, just, just, they're, or just, they're just blissfully ignorant that they don't even have a problem, yeah. yeah so um, qualifying through there. But um, I, I think just – and I'll. Just to clarify on that, so once they've qualified in to a sales opportunity, we but the stages that we use will will have like initial consult, mm-hmm. so it's like our sales call, and then the the outcome of that is either like ideally either they go into closing if we're doing a proposal, or if they're just buying something you know directly online, they're they're either in one or lost. Mm. Um, and if they do need a little bit more work, so they're not ready to buy immediately on the call. And we ask that question, you know, around the next 90 days, we then need to uncover, is it going to be what I call, are they a fast mover? So are they going to buy in the next 30? Are they going to buy in the next 60 as a medium mover or a slow mover, which is your next 90? Um, Mm. And then I would move them into one of those buckets. Gotcha. They have some automation or some, you know, some steps that you would follow varying degrees in, in any one of those three. But for me, it's literally... If they if if I don't believe they're going to buy in the next ninety days, they get moved straight to lost and they're out. I don't. I'm not speaking to them again. They yeah. can re, they can reengage with me, mm. but I don't, I don't want to invest any more time. Mm. Yeah. How do you how do you deal with FOMO when you do that? Oh, it's well, I don't do any any like unscheduled calls. It's probably like yourself. Mm. So or like it's if you want to talk to me, here's a link to my calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, that's the that's the easiest way. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's the way that I look at that. But more importantly, I think it then comes back to your marketing processes that are really getting the right people on the phone. Yeah. So you know you might have some videos, or you've got your videos, you've got your podcasts, and all of that. And then hey, if you'd like to, you know, if this is something that you've got a challenge with, and you mm. think we might be able to help, and you want to have a chat, mm. we'll have a chat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. Saying. So. That's where we'd look at it. Yeah. Um, just to uh, close the loop here, Justin Roth Marsh. His surname is R O F hyphen M A R S H. His book is called The Machine: A Radical Approach to the Design of the Sales Function. His company is Ballistics. It's spelt with an X. It's ballistics.com. I'm going to leave a note there in the show notes, and I just closed that loop because I want to read the book, so I pulled it up on the iPad while we were speaking. Thanks for that tip. Apart from Infusionsoft, which mm-hmm. I have a love hate relationship with, my friend. Um, as most people do, what tool would you recommend for managing a sales pipeline? Oh, so we we just use Infusionsoft Got for it. the pipeline. So you use the pipeline function in yeah, Infusionsoft, yeah. Management in Infusionsoft. Um, but from a proposal side of things, we use Proposify, Got which it. is yeah, yeah, which integrates with Infusionsoft from that aspect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just you know, it's Infusionsoft is one of those things. It is a love hate relationship mm. and. It's you've you've either got to be fully invested in it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. To get yeah. 
We are. I just keep cheating on it and uh, <laughs> and threatening to divorce it. Uh, but that's a whole other conversation for another time. Um, <laughs> so the other question I had is um, uh, we were talking about uh, how do you handle FOMO? Oh, how do you um, how do you you know, how do you transfer the gut feel? This is a challenge that we've got at the moment. Ray's doing a very good job with qualifying leads. I'm doing the closing sales at the moment. We've got fairly good scripts um, that we've developed and and had some help in developing that stuff, and it's working pretty well. But uh, one of the problems that we've got at the moment is context. So apart from, sure, leaving notes on, on a CRM, which you can do, how do you transfer the context or the feeling that you've got about someone to the next person who's responsible in the pipeline, and and how do you do that at scale? The challenge that we've got at the moment is that we every Monday morning, and then during the week in Slack, we're constantly just talking about people and the context and the gut feel that we have around them. And I'm trying to pick up on that and trying to continue the conversation yeah. raised on the qualifier. I'm now trying to continue the sales conversation. Any tips around how to transfer that kind of emotional knowledge down the pipeline? Yeah, it's it's tough because you know, like everyone's emotional you know, connections so different. So so from an emotional perspective, it's really hard. I think where I would probably come from it would be more from a systemization perspective as far as um, like even a scale on why do we believe they're such a great fit for our product or service. And, and where I would probably then look at it is in that qualifying stages, um, ask more psychographical questions from the client. Mm. And then, and making sure that we we actually write down their response, not not our response. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the big thing. So, for example, when we're doing like a, a marketing review with a client, we'll we'll ask them a question like, "So, you know, tell me what problem or challenge do you solve? Do you help solve?" And they'll just give us, you know, "Well, we're the best at this," and blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Great. So, what what problem or challenge do your clients say that you help them to solve?" Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different answer. And they go, oh really? And I think it's 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 I think it's that type of um, that that type of metric that you want behind there. But um, but once again, the business and the the service or the product that you're offering it all depends um, on that factor. I I'm a big believer in um, trying to trying your darndest to productize a service. Mm-hmm. So our whole philosophy is how do we get eighty five to ninety percent of it standardized. With that, you know, ten to fifteen percent customization on the back, um, and that makes then your sales process from a scale perspective so much easier. Yeah. So either they fit or they don't fit. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. Productizing has has completely changed our business. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I feel that way. It's then it removes a bit of the uh, like the salesman's curse, if you like, of them trying to trying to squeeze the deal you know, the, the round peg into or the square peg in the round hole yeah. scenario, but they could be really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I had one this morning where they've they've come back, we've just launched a new mentoring thing that we're just testing it out there at the moment and and this is an old client of mine and she's come back and she's gone, well, because I've worked with you before, I've already got this here and, and you're offering here, but I'm hoping that you can try and do this and I'm just, it's too hard. I'm like, no. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not it's, scalable. Yeah, and it's one of those things that you – it's it's the the old FOMO of oh you know then but they're going to not be my client they're going to be somebody else and that's perfectly okay mm-hmm. like I'd rather say no mm-hmm. like we know now for any done for you unless they're doing three mil or more mm-hmm. we're not touching done for you yep. it's just too hard there's yep. too many variables and and there's always the blame game because you know someone's not willing to pick up the phone and have a chat yeah yeah so, yep. yeah so it's like three mil got a sales team cool we'll talk done for you other than that not a chance yep. yeah yeah. Um, how do you overcome the fear of for, for introverts and for people who are just petrified of selling or petrified of talking to people? How do you overcome the fear of rejection, or how do you coach people through overcoming the fear of rejection? Oh, I, th- I think the big thing is just like learning not to care, yeah. like you, which is like, an art. I mean, that's an art, isn't it? Yeah, and and I think it's then focusing on going, you know, oh, your, your next no is close to your next yes, and all that crap. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think it's like under like. What, what I found, a lot of introverts understand the math and the logic behind it. So if we focus on getting the math and the logic right and just going, hey, you know what, we know we know that eight in every ten people that you speak to are going to say no. They're just not going to be a fit. And that's perfectly fine. And the importance of it is in the only thing that you can control 
is how you rock up and how you present and how you speak to somebody and how you present that solution. Mm. So as long as as long as you can, um, you know, rock up to a call or a meeting and do everything that you can possibly do at that meeting, you've just got to let go of that result because they're either going to buy or they're not going to buy. Yeah. But, like it's guaranteed one of those two outcomes. Um, the worst thing that you can do is get a maybe. Yeah. The worst thing. Maybes cost you so much lost time, lost money. You'll get zero profit out of it. Um, so it's it's just a yes or a no. That's yep. that's the, the only two things that we want, and 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 being okay with either answer. Um, from a I suppose from a mindset perspective, um, one of the um, like uh, you know uh, Dr. John D. Martini. People mm-hmm. love him or hate him. I, I think he's amazing. Um, what I like about his method is just how like it's just cut and dry, straight down. And one of the um, lessons that I took away. Um, when, you know, this is when I lost everything years ago was, was I had to be grateful for being broke. And it's a similar type of function where you've got to be grateful for, you know, not closing a deal. Mm. Um, so we literally just, just wrote down all the, you know, all the positive reasons about being broke. So you could write all the positive reasons about being an introvert or being, you know, you know, whatever. Um, but then against every positive, you have to balance it out and have a negative. So, you know, what's well, what's what's great about being broke and then what's terrible about being broke or what's great about closing a deal or not. The other thing is as well is for people who are starting out in sales or really want to fine-tune that is literally do a similar process but at the end of every single sales call. Like literally as soon as the sales call finishes, take five or ten minutes, get your notepad out, draw a line and literally list out what were all the positive things that happened from that sales call and, and then the corresponding negative things. And regardless if you close the deal or not, like a positive could be that the client decided not to buy. Mm. It would be amazing. Mm. Like we just, yes, sure, we didn't get a you know more coin in the bank account, but we just saved ourselves such an emotional drain. Yeah, 100%. The client was going to be an absolute pain. <laughs> Dodge the bullet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, thank you, universe. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Yeah. Hey, this is epic. Um couple of quick questions, uh, sort of our ad hoc improvised lightning round. Um, if you could go back and have a conversation with John Bellamy 11 and a half years ago, what would you say to him? Oh, 11 and a half years ago. Wow. <laughs> Random time. Uh, invest in, men- in mentoring that you can't afford now. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Particularly around, uh, around managing cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Awesome. Um Apart from the book that you've already recommended, uh, favourite business book that you've read in recent times? I think the, my from a sales perspective, mm-hmm. without question, it, it's Justin's. Like mm-hmm. that's been a massive game changer mm. um, from from my perspective. Yeah, without question, that would cool. that would be it. Yeah, the machine. Yeah, the machine. Yeah, excellent. Um, and we know that your favourite tool is Infusionsoft. Um, Favorite tool for managing the remote team? Uh, we use uh, Facebook's Workplace. So oh, Workplace. really? Yeah. yeah. How, how is it? It's awesome. It's just like it's just like running a Facebook app. Um, mm. Yeah. So it's cool. You can do live stream in there. Um, everything. Mm. So like literally everything's in there. Yeah. Um, this, the obvious question is: um, Are you nervous about having all of your business in the on, in you know in the Facebook servers there? Uh not really. I mean, like. You know what? What are they? What are they going to do? I, I'm sort of like. Well, apart from sell it to Cambridge Analytica, probably not much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, it's the whole the whole privacy thing and all of that. Personally, I'm like, well, I'm not going out doing wrong things, so I don't really have anything to be worried about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and if someone's going to try and hack my account and do all of that, well, I can live in fear, or we can just deal with it when it happens. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, other question was. Um, if if you were you know if you're mentoring a young introvert who 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 really wants to get out of their comfort zone, I can think of a few people off the top of my head here who want to get out of their comfort zone and want to generate more business and want to get into sales, but they are just terrified of the whole thing. What's yep. the first couple of steps they can take to mitigate some of that fear? Yeah, cool. So there's a couple of things. Um, number one, you have to be you. Like, don't pretend to try and be someone else. Um, I think there's many people talking about you know how to present yourself authentically online and probably most of them are really inauthentic. Yeah. Uh, so um, be you. Um, and this goes like uh, from your LinkedIn profile or Facebook profile or anything like that. My, like my biggest, you know, um, 
whole intention behind it really is that if somebody reads my LinkedIn profile, connects with me, and then we have a conversation or they attend my webinar or whatever, that they go, oh, my God, that's that's one of the same person. Like it's there's no disconnect. So so number one is de- just just work out who you are, be yep. comfortable with it Yeah. because we've all got amazing gifts, so be comfortable with it and just own it and mm. be you. People are going to like you and hate you. Mm. Like watching this right now, making judge, judgments about me, they like me or hate me and whatever. Mm. Uh, it is what it is. So that that's that's what we've got to do. And the 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 second the second thing behind that is, I believe this is probably the the strongest and most powerful way to get a beyond that and to really just deal with it is, it's all your fault. You know, it is. So. If you come from the frame of mind that if that person buys or doesn't buy, it's all my fault, and whether I'm an introvert, extrovert, whatever label we want to put on ourselves, um, if I am not going to get out of my own way to go and help those those people, my target audience, um, solve the problem and challenge that they're experiencing right now, well, I'm actually being a really selfish prick. Mm. Why am I even here? Yeah, yeah. And when you start thinking about like that, you're like, oh, you know, that's a little confronting. Yeah. Well, you know what? If if I don't get out of my own way and go and help these people, they, it's up to them whether they say yes or no and buy or don't buy. Yeah. But yeah. if I get out, if I don't go out of my way to go and do my best to help those individuals, the worst thing that could happen is them not buying from me. Most people would think, but the actual worst thing that could happen is that they go and invest money with a competitor of yours who is of a substandard and then they finish off worse off. Mm. That happens potentially, you know, we've got whole generational change things happening here. Potentially that decision actually sends them in a downward spiral. Mm. The business goes broke, their staff go broke. Then all of a sudden you've got your family systems behind that with, you know, Mm. families all growing up. Oh no, I'm not going to have a crack at business because mum and dad tried to do it. And, you know, they, they, you know, they, didn't get well in it, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna be miserable and go to uni and get my eight degrees and then earn, <laughs> you know. So yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's harsh, but you know. <laughs> no, totally. I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday where where this uh, this guy uh, started a cafe, uh, Union Square Cafe in New York City, and he was petrified of starting a second cafe. Um, at Gramercy Tavern because he watched his father try and start a second business and go broke and go bankrupt. So he, he for years he <clears throat> he resisted the urge to start a second business because he was he was afraid of that exact thing. Um, so that's awesome advice. Hey, let's switch gears a little bit. I do want to get some tactical stuff out of you before I let you go. LinkedIn. I've got a pretty good LinkedIn profile. I got you know more than five hundred connections. Uh, I don't use it. It for me, it's a desert full of tumbleweeds. I don't know what to do with it. And the truth is, I'm afraid of looking like a spammy spammer, um, I think we've got a pretty good reputation in the marketplace. What sh- what should we do? Is it, j- is it in mail? Is it like, ha- like how do I use LinkedIn in a strategic way to get qualified leads into my pipeline without being a douche? Yeah, cool. So the first thing is that you need to delete afraid of being a spammer out uh-huh. because your whole intention behind what you do is to actually help people. Mm-hmm. So you, you're not spamming unless like what are, and and spam's deemed by the recipient anyway. Mm. So I like I can't decide what they believe is spam or not until I put it in front of them. Mm. Now there's ways that obviously we can do our best to mitigate that. Um, but from from a LinkedIn perspective, first um, foundationally you need to get your profile right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would actually um, be tweaking yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, oh, so um, and what I'm for that. Look at it in advance, have you, John? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so um, what the, the importance really from a cosmetic level on the profile, the profile is like 99% important until it's done. It's the foundational asset. It's your digital sales page. Anytime you go and Google somebody, their LinkedIn profile is pretty much one of the top things that come up there. Mm. Uh, so people don't actually invest that much time on it where it's sort of like, you know, writing a half-assed sales letter and hoping to get amazing results. It's never mm. going to work. Um, so, so I've done that plenty of times too. Yeah. And and it hurts, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, so a couple of things that you want to look at on your profile is your profile photo and your, and your cover image, your banner image. Um, you really want, want to make sure that first and foremost, that your eyes are looking directly at the person 
And if you're doing a shoulder turn on your profile, you want to make sure that your shoulders are turning towards the profile, not away. Mm -hmm. So this is getting into like the neural marketing type things, but the amount of people you'll see where their shoulders, and it'd be like me speaking to you and I'm just looking Mm -hmm. over, Mm -hmm. you know, no connection whatsoever. So that's like the minutest little thing that could have all the difference. Um, Second thing is your headline. Um, I'm a big believer in direct response marketing. Um, and your LinkedIn headline needs to clearly articulate how you help people or the problem or challenge that you help solve. Mm. So when you have like business owner, director, CEO, at insert company name, Mm -hmm. that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you're trying to leverage LinkedIn as a marketing vehicle, it does you zero good Mm. because no one actually cares what your name is or your company name or what position you hold. They just... Like, what's in it for me? How are you going to help solve Correct. my problem? Yep. So that, that's that's really clear there. Um, and then the next thing that I'll, I'll touch on just right now is your background summary. So this is usually most people just have the um, copy and paste of the about us section of their website. Mm. Or I am the CEO at this company. We are amazing at this, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't add any value. So we like to follow um, in that aspect. So you've got 2,000 characters, so about A4, three quarters of a page of an A4. Um, we like to follow the story, segue, sell, copywriting framework hmm. um, where, you know, we have like a question or a statement that sort of captures the attention. Then we go into a bit of a story um, around, you know, the problem or challenge that's affecting the marketplace. So in your case, um, it would be like, hey, if you're a WordPress consultant, one of the hardest things is actually, you know, getting in front of clients and, and you know, doing that, blah, 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 blah. So a bit of a story, segue into um, who you are, who the company is with a bit of social proof. Mm-hmm. Um, testimonials or what what you do um and then the sell component isn't buy my stuff but you're selling the reason why somebody would connect with you Mm. similar to like when we're talking about the sales process all we want to have happen off the back of that linkedin profile is someone makes a conscious decision to either send a connection request to you and or accept your connection request um or not accept it and keep moving Mm. that's all we there's one of two two things um couple other things in there um won't go into too much detail but um you definitely want to set up your company page similar to like you've got your facebook business page mm-hmm. you need your company page on there as well mm-hmm. um, with with your banner and your photo and following all those principles so you've got your profile set up um that's great but now how do we leverage it from a marketing perspective um if you're trying to go down the unpaid route so you know the not advertising space you absolutely must get Sales Navigator, 100%. Mm-hmm. No, no question about it. It's going to cost you about 100 bucks a month, Aussie, um, Australian for that, so it's about 79 or something US. Um, and, you know, the, like, like everything, if you pay up front, you save, save some bucks as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's going to give you the ability to um, refine and get really clear on your target search, Okay whether you're looking to send a message to your existing first-level network or um, to run an outbound connection campaign, you really want to get clear uh, on that. And and just to give you a couple of things in the targeting, um, we can look at a geographical radius from a postcode, um, so profiles within that postcode. We can do things such as industry, um, seniority. So if you're looking to target business owners, you actually want to go and connect with the owner um, of that company. Um, company size is huge. Um, I mean, if you specialize in working with people that have got one to 10 staff as a headcount, mm. don't go sending connection requests to, you know, companies that have got a thousand plus. What's mm. the point? So being just being really finite in who you want to connect with. And this, once again, bringing that all back to your sales process as well, that's going to just save so much time and give you or your salespeople or your qualifiers just that just laser focused on who we're going to who we're going to be speaking to. Yeah. So when you've got more of those types of people in your pipeline, you know your conversion rate's going to go higher as well. Because you yeah, you're not wasting time. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like um, I talk about networking. Like LinkedIn's literally digitized networking. Yeah. You know, um, and and I, I speak about like if your target audience is an accountant, for example. You could, you could go to every Chamber of Commerce event known to man and pretty much you're guaranteed to meet three to five accountants at every one of those events, like mm. without. And you're going to invest, your, you know, your 30 or your 50 or 100 bucks to go on a bit of time. Um, 
and you could do that, and that's perfectly fine and recommend doing that. Or you could go and uh, go to a conference where they've got three to 500 or 1,000 accountants in the room and say, hey, can I run a workshop? Can I, can I sponsor it? Can I do whatever? It will cost you a little bit more money, mm. save a bucket load of time, but you have got a captive audience. Mm. This is the exact same thing we're doing on LinkedIn. Yep. Instead of just, you know, the shotgun where we've got the sniper rifle out and, and really focusing in. Yep. Um, now, how do we then turn that into a lead generation machine that's actually, um, you know, got, got you know, a, a track record, a system behind it that produces predictable results um, is you want to identify your search and then you want to go, if you're doing this yourself, consistency is key. Start with sending five connection requests a day or 25 a day, whatever it is, whatever that number is, doesn't matter, be consistent. Um, so set those number of connection requests. When those individuals accept your connection request, you want to follow them up unapologetically. You've invested time and energy and effort to connect with them, follow them up. Um, so you want to put something like a thank you message together. And um, you want to, you want to, you want to, once again, template personalized. Mm -hmm. um, so want to have a system in, in behind that. And that thank you message, what I, what I'd highly recommend now, video is becoming more and more and more and more um, paramount. So in that thank you message, I would actually link them to a little landing page, which isn't a sales page, a little landing page that just shares a little bit more about you, what problems and challenges you solve. So it's essentially a video of what you've written on your LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you will definitely have some type of call to action, which might be, you know, hey, I've put this white paper or this report or even I've got a webinar or do you want to have a chat? Let me know. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. For massive results there, but hey, if we get, you know, 1% of people that land on that page, book in or download something, it's great. But it, we're, just, we're just trying to support our personal and corporate brand and drive some engagement within those new connections. So that's your thank you message. Um, and then I would recommend as a starting point, three to five follow-up messages in total. Um, usually we go with three, so you've got five in total. You've got your, your connection message, your thank you, and then follow-up one, two, and three. Mm. Um, and, and those follow-up messages go out um, within about a 45-day period. Mm -hmm. So we're not hitting them every other day like internet marketing, but usually waiting seven to ten days in between each of those messages um, because everyone's usability on LinkedIn, like Facebook and all of that, is different. So we want to give them time to respond. Uh, and once again, give them value. Like, hey, we wrote this article or I put this video together or blah, blah, blah. And if you're in this industry, I don't know, it, you might find this of value. Not sure. Yeah. If you do, go check it out. Let me know if you've got any questions. Got it. So your fourth or fifth one might be a little bit more direct where you want to actually drive into, hey, you know, we help clients with this. Yep. I don't know if you've got the problem, but if you do, I'd love to have a chat. Got it. And yeah. this isn't automated. This is like this is like manual prospecting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there are platforms out there. There's plugins and stuff that are out there that you can use to assist in the process. Mm -hmm. But like even our team, it's still we we leverage technologies, but we still it's it's the team are sending the messages. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you, it's one of those things that you got to invest the time in. And this is why I say it's not for everybody. Mm. Just like Facebook or YouTube and that's yeah. not. Funny. I mean, if you're selling a $49 plug-in that's a one-off purchase, you're not going to do this. No, no, no. No. So, and this is, this is why, like for us, we would recommend like uh, you, the, the most important thing is your long-term client value. So, you know, how, how long do they stick around and pay? Yep. Um, ideally, I believe, and this is from my experience and everyone's got different thoughts, but you really need to have a minimum long-term client value of about 25 grand. Yep. Uh, and that might be two years, three years, whatever it is, yep. a minimum of about 25 grand. So um, like we've got clients where their their product's like $3,000 a year, mm. but their, their um, long-term client average is eight years. Mm. So it makes perfect sense for them. Got it. Um, and we've got others where, you know, they're, they're selling like a $50,000 one-time deal. So it makes it makes sense to go and invest that, that time and energy. Yep. Um, but we're just, we're looking for engagement and, from, from our stats, we typically, you know, everyone's different, but if you can get a um, connection to acceptance rate, so if I send 100 connections, how many do, how many accept? If you can get it at 30% or above, hmm. um, that's good um, in that aspect. I mean, we've had clients where they're getting 80 90% acceptance rate, 
and that comes down to a bunch of different factors about them being well-known and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you really want to get a minimum sort of 30%. Um, and what we've found over the years of doing this and sending hundreds of thousands of connection requests and adding, you know, the same in, in, in connections um, is typically for every about 160 connections, like targeted connections you're going to have, you should be getting at least one new client out of that, mm-hmm. like at least one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to spend, you know, that's got a value of 25K or more. Got it. Um, of that with you in, in longer term value. Um, cool. You know, everyone's going to be different. Cool. But at least one in one, at least one in one in 160, you should be getting a deal. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I've got to tell you, John Bellamy, I cannot thank you enough because this is a podcast that has accidentally turned into a LinkedIn masterclass. Uh, You could package this recording up and sell it for good money. There's been so much value in this. And I've just made a whole bunch of notes on my iPad uh, and I'm going to go and action some of this because I know there are already holes in my LinkedIn strategy and my LinkedIn profile. You're right. It does need tweaking based on what you've said. Uh, Dude, I cannot thank you enough for this. This has just been epic. And I can't wait to share this with our entire audience. This has been fantastic. You're welcome. No, I love it. I love doing these things. And that, like for me, this is what it's all about. It's about yeah. leveraging your knowledge and your skill set and sharing it. Yeah. And people are going to love it or hate it. Yeah. And everyone's this, cool. I know. Yeah. Well, most of our people are selling business to business. They're yeah. in the pro, they're in the in the business of of providing web and digital marketing services to to clients. So this is going to be perfect for them. Um, where can people reach out and learn more about how you work and get in touch? Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, the easiest thing is obviously connect with me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just linkedin.com slash IN slash John Bellamy mm-hmm. uh, for, for that aspect. Um, but we, we're running webinars all the time, probably like you guys do. Mm. Um, and you can just go to direct messaging. That's uh, msging.com uh, forward slash li dash webinar. Um, so if you go there and yeah, that, that'll be cool. We're usually running live webinars um, every other week. Awesome. Um, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to make sure that link goes in the show notes. It's directmessaging.com and messaging is spelled m s g i n g.com/li-webinar. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Uh we're going to put a shot we're going to put the link of that in the show notes to make sure people get over and check that out. Um John Bellamy, thank you very much. Uh is there an obvious question that I haven't asked that I should have? Oh. I stole that I from I stole that so from the- Andrew Warner at Mixergy. He started asking that and I listened to his podcast so I stole that. Yeah, I think that so the question that everyone sort of comes up and says is, I know that this LinkedIn thing's supposed to be awesome, but I just don't know if it's right for me. Mm. And that's what you need to work out. So you need to be very clear on who your target audience is, mm. what your product or service is that you're selling. Mm. And this goes for any marketing platform. Mm-hmm. Um, LinkedIn is a channel, a distribution channel for you to get leads and sales, period. So if your audience isn't on LinkedIn, that you want to go and sell to, don't go on LinkedIn. Yeah, if you're selling to mums, you're probably better off on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, abs- yeah. absolutely. And and that's the thing, like, you know, you, you just, you really need to know that because I've spoken to so many people where they've invested so much more than money, just so much time and mm. energy, and they haven't even found out if their audience is yeah. even the platform. Yeah, because they're selling skateboards to teenagers and they should be on Snapagram or Instachat or whatever the cool thing is over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that would be the big thing. Just, you know, whatever you're doing, just make sure that the, the audience is there. And if if you're selling to kids, you're actually selling to mum and dad. Yeah, that's you know? right. Yeah, Understand that. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Hey, this is awesome. Dude, I cannot wait to actually cross paths in real life and give you a big man hug for the value that you've added on this podcast. It's been epic. Thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. Uh, thanks for being a part of the show and uh, look forward to sharing this with our broader audience once the audio comes out. I'm not sure when that will be, but I'll get Ray to reach out and let you know so that you can help promote it as well. Yeah, that'll be great. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. See you all soon. And there you have it, folks. That's how you record an episode of the WP Elevation podcast. That was epic. I can't wait to say goodbye to you now so I can go and keep chatting with John. Uh, Thanks very much for being a part of it. Again, subscribe at iTunes, like us on Facebook, subscribe over on YouTube and click the bell to get notified and share this with your friends. It helps us come up in the search results. I look forward to seeing you again on the podcast. And, of course, Silence is Golden live Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Sydney time with my good friend Simon Kelly. So check it out. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast as much as I did. I made frantic notes during uh, the last uh, last sort of third of that episode 
of that interview, I was just making a whole bunch of notes. You can probably hear me scribbling on the iPad uh, about how I was going to improve, how I am going to improve our LinkedIn uh, page and my LinkedIn profile and my overall LinkedIn strategy. So if you get a LinkedIn uh, request from me, please accept the request and go into my funky LinkedIn sales funnel and reverse engineer it and see what I'm doing. (laughs) It'll be fun for everyone. Hey, if you are enjoying the podcast, as I said, please subscribe at iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the podcast in front of other people who may benefit. And if you are of the type that likes to follow us on Facebook or YouTube, you can find us there, wpelevation.com slash Facebook or slash YouTube to find us there on those social platforms. And if you are a WordPress consultant and you're looking to take your business to the next level, get on one of our webinars, go to wpelevation.com, click on one of the buttons to join one of our webinars. We run them all day, every day, just about these days. Uh, They're in such demand. Uh, They're super helpful, super impactful. And of course, join the WP Elevation program to take your WordPress business to the next level. If you are a six-figure WordPress consultant already and you're looking at scaling to multiple six figures or seven figures, you should get in touch with us uh, about Mavericks Club, which is our high-end mastermind. Just send an email to support at wpelevation.com with the word Maverick in the subject line and uh, we will get in touch and take it from there. Hey, hope you're enjoying building WordPress websites for clients as much as we're enjoying serving you and helping you. We look forward to speaking with you again on the podcast, and we look forward to your company on Silence is Golden, which, of course, is our Facebook live stream show that goes out every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock Sydney time, which, if you're on the west coast of the States, is around about, I don't know, 1 or 2 o'clock, I think, in the afternoon on a uh, Monday afternoon. So feel free to check that out on our Facebook page. It's called Silence is Gold and it's hosted by myself and Simon Kelly. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Go Elevate.